Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap and thanks to the MoneyWeb team. They're back on your radio tomorrow at 6pm. I'm with you until 7 tonight and we're just half an hour away from kickoff in that all-important clash between Bafana Bafana and Angola at the Moses Mabita Stadium down in Durban tonight. It is uh, a crucial match for Bafana, but they take uh, a pretty hefty buffer into it. 3-1, the margin of victory in Angola on Friday night. It is the second leg, so uh, Angola, with, uh, with they're going to have to throw the kitchen sink at Bafana. We'll chat to Mo Ali before the end of this evening's show. He'll be keeping us updated throughout the evening here on SAFM as that match progresses. In other football news, Belgian sites in Tunis have uh, announced that they've signed Bafana Bafana midfielder May Mishlangu. And speaking of Belgium, their friendly with Spain has been called off due to security uh, uh, following uh, the security attacks in Paris. Second test between South Africa and the Proteas. Day four today, and it was rained out once again. Natalie Germanis will join us on the show in just a short while to chat a little bit about that. Looking at some other cricket uh, stories from around the globe today as well, I can tell you that the second test between Australia and New Zealand was drawn today as well. Tons of runs in there, and uh, just looking at uh, what they were chasing, 321 for victories, what the Black Caps needed. They reached 104 for two at Stumps. Mitchell Johnson announced that today will be his last test as well. He drew the curtain on his test career by picking up the only two New Zealand wickets to fall. Australia lead that three-match series 1-0 with one to play. The next one gets underway in Adelaide on the 27th of this month and it'll be the first time they're using the pink ball in that one. The third ODI between Pakistan and England is Underway in Sharjah as we speak. Pakistan batting first posted 208 in reply. England 75 for the loss of two. They need 134 runs. They've got eight wickets in hand and that's of 32 and a half overs. It is day three of the ATP World Tour Finals at the O2 Arena in London. Chris Bowers is there. We'll chat to him on this evening's show as well. Springbok winger Brian Abana signed a one-year contract extension with French outfit Toulon. That'll see him stay at the club until 2017. The Sharks have announced their Super Rugby coaching team for 2016. Gary Gold remains director of rugby. Sean Everett stays on as skills and attack coach, and he'll be assisted by Robert Dupria. Ryan Strudvik is the new forwards coach, while Omar Munimier is uh, looking after the defence. Former Namibian Olympic sprinter Frank, uh, Frankie Fredericks, uh, Fred Ricks rather, was unveiled by the IAAF as one of the members of the five-person inspection team, which will monitor the clean-up process in Russia. The country's athletics federation has been suspended from sport over widespread state-sponsored doping. IAAF President Sebastian Coase confirmed that the federation can only return to athletics once it's proved it had set up a new framework to stop doping. And finally, Finally, good news for Africa's major Nedbank has extended its sponsorship of the Nedbank Golf Challenge for a further three years. We'll chat to tournament director Alistair Roper on this evening's show as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch, let us know who you think is going to win tonight. Give us a scoreline, Bafana Bafana and Angola 34701. Those SMSs charge at one round. You can also touch base on social media. Just search for SAFM Radio. Coming up next, we chat to Natalie Jumanas to find out what happened in Bangalore today. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource.
You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. It was another frustrating day in Bangalore and for everyone involved uh, around that second test match between the Proteas and India. Another day lost to the elements. No play at all possible today. And we're joined by Natalie Germanis. Natalie, you're one of those people who are extremely frustrated because obviously you're covering the match and uh, it's a case of sitting around waiting for things to happen. And again today, nothing happened. Yeah, it's very unfortunate because uh, this morning uh, we were greeted by overcast skies, but not that much rain. And it, it's, it had stopped probably a sort of very, very early on in the morning. They tried to dry it up as much as they could. The, the, the drainage at the Chinnaswamy Stadium is very good because yesterday that ground was underwater. And today there was no puddles. Unfortunately, they just couldn't get it dry enough. There probably wasn't just enough sun on it today. We had a rescheduled start eventually. And then the, the rain started again, a bit of a drizzle, but hopefully it does mean that it, there will be some play tomorrow, of course, where the permitting through the night. Tomorrow is the final day. I mean, the match situation at the moment, South Africa were bowled out on that that first day for 214. Uh, if, if we have to be honest, a poor batting performance. India then came out, reached 80 without loss at stumps. We haven't seen any crickets since then. Could it be a bit of a blessing in disguise for the Proteas? I mean, their backs were up against the wall from, from the get-go. Well, I think so. Um, I think in a way it'll be good for them. I think also... They, from a mentality perspective, they probably would have liked to try and find a way out of the hole and show that they can do it because they've done it before. Um, but it wasn't the best of batting performances by South Africa, and they'll know that. A couple of people, a couple of the players just playing silly shots, and they'll be hoping that they can rectify that. Maybe show a little bit more patience because that is needed. Um, from India's perspective, though, it's probably very disappointing for them because a 2-0 lead in this series could have been massive for them, and possibly could have meant that they'd be able to take the series. Um, but for South Africa, I think they'll be a little disappointed they didn't get more game time just to right some of the wrongs because you can only really do that in the middle. Um, but I guess in a way they'll be grateful that they didn't go tunnel down in the series. Yeah, it's funny how so often in, in a test series, particularly one of either four matches or five matches, where something like this can can almost change the momentum. If you look at the test, the first test, obviously India were well on top. They were well on top on day one. And this could almost be a bit of a reprieve and a, and a line in the sand for the Proteas. I, I mean, you never know what's going to happen, but the Proteas come back and, and win the next two. They win the series. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what does happen. The odds of play being possible tomorrow, what's the weather forecast looking like, Natalie? Well, unfortunately, there is a little bit more rain predicted yet again. Um, they've got rain pretty much predicted until Sunday. Um, but they, they, they said that there is still that possibility that they might, we might have a similar day as we did today where there wasn't a lot of rain. So because they've had, uh, dried it up so much today, it could mean that we might get some overs in tomorrow. Well, another test match that concluded today, there was no shortage of cricket played at the Wacker. Tons of runs. Uh, and uh, a bit of a bombshell dropped by Mitchell Johnson today at the start of play that he's calling it quits in test cricket. Did that come as a, a bit of a surprise to you? It didn't actually. The only reason I say that is because before the test match started, he was interviewed and he said he thinks about retirement every single day. And he thinks about possibly retiring after every single test match he plays. So it has been on his mind for a little while. Um, he's probably looking ahead to the calendar and what's coming up next for Australia. And maybe it just wasn't as inspiring as he would have liked to really put his body through the paces. But he has retired from all forms of cricket, which is interesting. I'm sure he'll play a little bit of IPL um, and get some time in with that. 
but it's a good opportunity for him to possibly spend some time with his family. But I think there's a lot of batsmen around the world, in particular the West Indies batsmen who will be touring there in December, that are going to be sleeping much more soundly tonight. Yeah, there's a, there's a few South Africans who have nightmares about him too. But uh, illustrious career, I think, is the the fourth highest wicket taker for for Australia. He's he's been he's been incredible for them, hasn't he? He certainly has been, and at many stages, it was inconsistent, yes, because there were times when he had horrible series, and there were other times where he was just phenomenal. The English batsmen in the 2013-2014 Ashes were so terrified of Mitchell Johnson. They were actually even getting out to the bowlers on the other end because they didn't want to face Mitchell Johnson. In that series, a five-match series, he picked up 37 wickets, an average of 13.97. In terms of the number of wickets in a series, he ranks number 13 on the list, which is absolutely phenomenal for the fast bowler. He was, he was really brilliant to watch in that series. And then, of course, he came to South Africa in Central and took South Africa apart, and that was in 2014, where he picked up 12 in the match, and that's still his best figures in his career. Most people will remember him for the fact that he broke Graham Smith's hand twice. That was back in 2008-09 as well, where he had some phenomenal spells of bowling, one being in Perth in 2008. He picked up five wickets for two runs in 21 deliveries. South Africa won that test in the end, but he picked up 11 wickets in it, and he really announced himself as a, an amazing fast bowler and just someone who is also very athletic as well brilliant to watch in the field really great arm as well and I think he's going to be sorely missed because Australia at the moment they're in a bit of a transition phase right now yeah they, they are Natalie and, and that's what I wanted to ask I mean it's big boots to fill like you say I mean he has had times where he was he was very erratic and 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 not consistent, but he's, I mean, how do you replace someone like Mitchell Johnson, particularly in that squad? It's a different story if there are three or four guys of, of, of equal uh, ability sort of standing in the wings, but they don't have that at the moment, do they? Well, they've got a, a bit of a littering of left armors. They seem to be producing them all the time, but a couple of them are struggling with injuries, and that's a problem. Uh, they're just not consistent enough in their, in their appearances for the team because a lot of them do suffer from injuries. Um, the problem that they have mostly is that they're not just replacing the one guy. They've had six retirements since this last Ashes series, and that's massive. People like Michael Clark, Brad Haddon, these guys are so experienced, and you now have to change. You're almost changing basically half your side. That's very difficult to move forward. They are maybe, I suppose you could consider them lucky in that they're facing the West Indies at home in Australia in three test matches. And you expect Australia, no matter what, to be able to run over the West Indies team. Anything can happen, of course. But that will probably give them the perfect opportunity to, to try and test out some other players. But Mitchell Johnson, his aggressiveness, his pace, the fact that he was able to develop a ball that swung back into the right-hander, which he never used to do, he actually surprised the South Africans with it in 2009 because you know, in 2008 when South Africa were in Australia and won that historic series, he wasn't swinging the ball back in and his stock ball went across the right-hander. Then all of a sudden he came to South Africa and he could get the ball to swing back in. He lost it a bit when he went to that Ashes series because then he couldn't land it on the pitch and that's where his erraticness came in and he was all over the place. But replacing him is incredibly difficult. You don't really replace the players like a Mitchell Johnson. But I think from Australia's point of view, as a whole, the changes that they're going to be going through now, I think that's going to be pretty rough for them. And it's a pretty good chance he's going to win Movember as well. So, Natalie Jamanis, thank you very <laughs> much for that. Uh, we'll chat tomorrow. Let's hope we do get some play, even though there's uh, probably a high probability that it's going to end in the draw. But uh, some time in the middle will do the pro tiers uh, a world of goods. We'll chat tomorrow. Thanks for, for, for the update. Thanks very much. If you can't stand the heat, stay out of the conversation. 
SAFM, keeping the temperature soaring all summer. Whoever fake business can't be fun. I'm not leaving the country. You're a RAND prisoner. Yes, I and am. You can't afford to. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> Most times on SAFM market update with MoneyWeb, it is. Last week, it was all about the Fed. I'm so glad, Narina, that it's over. I think most of us are fed up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. What's the bull? The bull is when the market's going up and everyone's happy. And the bear? Everyone's a genius in a bull market. <laughs> and then the market's going down, everyone feels everyone's silly glad. and everyone's unhappy. And the reason we call it bulls fight by lowering their head and lifting up and bears raise themselves and come down with their, their paws. No, 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 say that again. No. Join Sikkim Kaba daily every evening from 6 to 6.30 on SAFM. SAFM Sports Wrap. Time to chat some tennis now, and it is uh, the World's ATP World Tour uh, Finals taking place at the O2 Arena in London. Chris Bowers is there. The first game of day three has just concluded. Kainishikori victorious. Chris, uh, good game of tennis? Yes, certainly the best match of the week, longest match of the week in terms of the contest. We've had five singles matches, and the first four were very, very one-sided. So this has been good. It was a three-setter. Nishikori won it 6-3 in the third, and really... It was a case of missed opportunities for Thomas Burdish. Burdish should really have broken Nishikori uh, in the 10th game of the first set, but having missed out on that opportunity, uh, Nishikori broke him in the next game. And it's a similar story in the third set. The seventh game was crucial. Burdish had break points, one in particular. He really should have converted, but Nishikori's defense was quite fantastic. Burdish missed his opportunity, was broken in the next game, and Nishikori's gone through. And perhaps that sums up what the tournament means for Thomas Burdish. He's qualified six years in a row, which is fantastically consistent, but I sometimes feel a little one-dimensional, and maybe in a tournament where the only player to compete are world top tenors, he's slightly shown up at this event. He's never reached the semi-finals here. Well, looking ahead to uh, the second game this evening, the, the late game, it should be a fascinating encounter. Although, because it's round robin to start, it's uh, not not too much pressure on either of the players. Although they they would want to win. Tell us about who's on court next. Well, yes, this is Djokovic against Federer, and their, their last couple of meetings were, or these meetings were at the Wimbledon and US Open finals. I mean, it, it, it will be fascinating for me because the chances are they'll meet in Sunday's final. Um, and, and therefore, they can afford to try to, both can afford to lose this match. It's very seldom that they play in a uh, situation like that. They've both had a match already, they've both won it comfortably. And I don't know, I mean, I'm not expecting either to go too far out of their comfort zone, but I'm hoping that there'll be some some creative tennis, especially from Federer. You never know, Djokovic might try one or two new things. Maybe he'll rush the net to try and uh, to save Federer. So um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, matches in these two are always worth watching. Yeah, absolutely. And then just briefly on the doubles, how are things progressing there? Well, we've already got a semi-finalist, and it's the last pair to actually qualify. That's Rohan Dapana of India and Florian Majaya of Romania, a pair that got together only halfway through this year. They've only played 16 tournaments together. They qualified on the last match of the regular tennis year. If Bassett, Postel, and Jack Sock had won the final in Paris, they would have got here instead of the Parma Medea. But they made their luck there, too. They won two straight set matches. So they're through to the semi-finals. And it's possible that the legendary Bob and Mike Bryan won't make it because they now have to uh, beat and, uh, Jamie Murray and uh, John Pierce on Friday. Plus, they play this evening. They've got to win both their remaining matches. And they're not in great form at the moment. Excellent stuff, Chris Bowles. Thank you so much for joining us from the O2 Arena in London. Coming up next on SAFM Sport Trap, we'll chat some golf. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game.
You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Don't forget, you can be in touch. Uh, reach out. Drop us an SMS, 34701. And those SMSs are charged at one round. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for SAFM Radio. Time to chat some golf now. A big announcement was made uh, today, and this has got to be one of the longest-running sponsorship uh, deals in, in the country. The tournament's been going for a long, long time, and Nedbank uh, has been a partner of uh, the Nedbank Golf Challenge for many, many years. They've committed to another three today, and we're joined by the tournament director, Alistair Rope. Alistair, welcome onto SAFM. Thanks for joining us today. This is uh, fantastic news for golf, not just in South Africa, but on the African continent. Hi, Brad. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me onto your show. It's uh, certainly great news. Um, there's been sort of um, a lot of speculation about the future of Nedbank Golf Challenge. And I think after today's announcement, it's uh, it's very clear that the partnership between Nedbank and International Supersport is an extremely strong one, and one that will still continue for a number of years to come. It's become harder and harder to, to put on a tournament of this, this magnitude over the years. I mean, for many factors, I mean, one we can talk about is obviously the exchange rate and, and bringing players of, of this caliber to South Africa is becoming more and more expensive and, and having a partner like Nedbank just uh, takes uh, a bit of that load off. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, Nedbank has been consistent uh, in, in what they require from the event um, with regards to the CRM opportunities, the branding opportunities that they get from it. And I do believe that at the end of the day, they they uh, achieve that. And I think that's important. And as you say, the exchange rate is always going to be a, a difficult one to overcome. Um, and we do try and maintain costs as best as we can so that this thing doesn't get out of control. But, you know, unfortunately, when it comes to the Randall exchange rate, that's not something that we can control. But, um, you know, with other partners that we have on board, I mean, we've got other 40 different sponsors that are on board, and the intention is in 16, 17, 18, we're going to bring a couple of more in, uh, including some international players, which we'll announce new in the new year, that will join us as well. And this is all helping to make it possible. Alistair, looking at the, the field this year, I mean, year after year, it's just the who's who, pretty much, of, of the golfing world. And it's a, the players who, who've been out before know exactly what they're in for, but uh, it's, it's the new ones who, who you really enjoy hosting because when they get here, they realize what, uh, what the Nedbank Golf Challenge is all about. It's one of their, their favorite, uh, favorite tournaments on, on the yearly calendar. Yeah, obviously, we, you know, we're always ecstatic when, when players arrive here spend the week here and then leave and, and the compliments that we get and very often, you know, they write us letters and, and do compliment us on, on the event that we put on and the way we look after them, etc. Um, I think what is what's really making it exciting is that uh, you know, it's not just a handful of players that are kind of capable of winning a tournament of this caliber. You know, there's a lot of young players that are coming through, strong players, we've seen it throughout this year that are, are winning uh, all the time on both the PGA Tour and the European Tour, and in Asia for that matter. And uh, we've got a fair sprinkling of, of those youngsters coming out this year, along with you know, the stalwarts like Ernie House, Lee Westwood, Henrik Stenson, you know, that have, have been around, won the tournament, and uh, are hoping, obviously, to repeat their successes from the past. Um, but you know, we saw last year with a kid like Danny Willett, Came out first time, 
showed everybody the way and uh, has had a spectacular year. This year, you know, he's going second on the race to Dubai. You know, we, we wish him well uh, this week. I mean, he stands a very good chance of winning it. And I think a lot of that became possible because of his win at Sun City in December last year. And um, and we've got a number of, of American golfers, some, you know, more senior guys. When I say senior, I'm talking about guys that have been around a while, guys who've won majors like Keegan Bradley and Webb Simpson. So, you know, we look forward to seeing all of these guys at Sun City in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, it, it's, it's a magnificent field. As you were, were, were running through those names, I was just flicking through the player profiles on, on the website as well. And, and you mentioned Ernie Elson. There's, the South Africans love it as well, just because it's, they don't get to play in front of South African crowds, and, and they do get the support uh, probably better than anywhere else in the world. And, and we've got a full South African lineup once again uh, here on uh, at the, the 2015 uh, edition. And, and just looking at some of those names, uh, Brandon Grace going to be going to be playing. So is uh, Louis Wistes and uh, it, it's going to be another fantastic week. Yaku van Sale, who, who's also had a, a pretty decent year, and, and uh, so, so they're going to love it as well, aren't they, Alistair? No, absolutely. As you say, I think you kind of touched on a on a sensitive point. I think you know it's difficult for uh, South African golfers and their fans and, and families to travel overseas to see them competing in a in a field of of this class. So. By having an event of this nature, it gives them an opportunity to showcase themselves against the best. And I think guys like Louis and and Brandon and Ernie, even for that matter, still and Thomas Aitken, who's got in here because of his um, auto merit win, they they want to go out there and show their family and friends that are going to be in the in the galleries that uh, how they can compete against the world's best, and not only see it on TV but actually see it on on you know live. So I think it's important uh, from this event's perspective. One is to always have a fair sprinkling of South Africans in the field. Uh, I think the more that you have, the, the, the better sort of galleries you, you do tend to have. And if they're up there on the Saturday and Sunday and contesting, then you know that you're going to have a, a magnificent turnout on, on Sunday as far as people go. Absolutely, Alistair. It's all taking place 3rd to the 6th of December at uh, the Gary Player Country Club out at Sun City. Tickets are available and on sale right now. Make sure you pick them up. Uh, they do sell pretty quickly and we look forward to seeing you out there. SAFM Sports Wrap and SAFM Sports Special will be broadcasting live that weekend. We look forward to to a weekend up uh, in the Pilansburg. Alistair, thank you so much for uh, your time this evening. We look forward to catching up uh, at Sun City. Thank you very much, Brad. Thanks a lot for talking to me. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, we're just a few minutes away from kickoff at the Moses Mabita Stadium. Bafana Bafana taking on Angola. It is a pretty important game in the greatest scheme of things. 2018 FIFA World Cup qualifier. This is to get them into the group qualifying stages. And boy, have they done themselves a huge favour after their fantastic win on Friday in Angola. 3-1, the margin of victory that they take into the second leg encounter. Mo Ali joins us now. Mo, Bafana, Bafana, as much as it's, it's an all-important game and they need to win, the pressure is squarely on Angola this evening. Absolutely, they've got nothing to lose, uh, Brad, uh, because they've got to score at 
at least three goals uh, because of Bafana having scored three away. So even a 2-0 win would uh, not be good enough for them. That would tie them at three all. But Bafana having scored three away would uh, still take them through. So it's going to be a tough, tough ask. And uh, Angola, you would fancy, would have to come out guns blazing to try and score as early as possible and try and put some pressure on Bafana. But really, you, you can't see them scoring three against Bafana uh, at uh, the Moses Mabida Stadium, which has been a happy hunting ground. I remember, Bafana beat them 2-0 at that uh, very stadium uh, when they played in the Africa Cup of Nations at the beginning of 2013. Well, three is the all-important number. That's the amount of changes that uh, the coach Shakes Mashab has made to the Bafana squad. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, uh, two enforced changes, of course. Uh, Andile Jali being sent off in that uh, last game against Angola on Friday. He's being replaced by Dean Furman, so you ca- I can hardly say that's a weakening the side. Tulani Shlatswayo comes in for Anile Ngonka, and uh, he will certainly provide some stability, although uh, he may not be as, as good going forward as Ngonka, but he will certainly will provide stability at the back. And then also... It is Mpo Makola who's been in terrific form for Orlando Pirates, particularly in the CAF Confederation Cup uh, run that Pirates have had. And remember, they play in that final on Saturday. And uh, uh, he's in for Tulani Serrero, who's uh, also carrying a slight knock. So uh, it's basically a similar lineup to the one that played so well on uh, Friday against the Angolans. And uh, th- that was just a, a very, very good performance. And Bafana have always been criticized for the inability to score. But uh, how well, particularly Tokila Ranti took the first goal with that uh, turn and, and strike from inside the penalty area and uh, that really augurs well for another good performance this evening Yeah absolutely, Mo, do you think that puts a bit of pressure on Bafana, we, we've performed well away from home of, of late at home not so much, they come in to this game off that performance in Angola on Friday which was a great performance do you think they'll feel, feel a bit under pressure this evening to, to put in another one like that? I think they'll, they'll be under pressure uh, from the crowd, perhaps, uh, you know, to score at least three more goals because that's what the crowd wants to, to come and see is, uh, you know, to be entertained and, and to see goals being scored. And I think if, if Bafana can score first, that will certainly, whatever chance Angola have of, uh, you know, staging an upset, and it really would be a massive upset if they <laughs> were to get the three goals. I think, uh, you know, that will just allow the team the freedom to, to play to their natural ability. And I think, you know, what, what really did uh, wonders for Bafana's confidence as well was that tour to send. Central America when they beat uh, Costa Rica. Remember Costa Rica reached the quarterfinals of the 2014 World Cup and that 1-1 draw against Honduras uh, certainly uh, did wonders for the team's confidence and uh, you know it's, it's just a magnificent performance now for them to get through. This was a very tricky tie against an Angolan side that remember they qualified for the 2006 World Cup against all expectations. So uh, you know to, to get through to the final 20 and then go into the uh, one of those five groups uh, or four groups of five uh, to determine uh, the qualifiers for the 2018 World Cup is, is a very good achievement and Sheikh Masaba let's face it was under some pressure uh, given uh, some of the results that he's had of late and uh, that 3-1 win certainly would have given the side a great deal of confidence Mo, speaking of the coach he had a bit of a swipe at the media at a uh, press conference yesterday uh, do, do you think it's, it's wise for the coach to be making statements like he did yesterday saying that the media don't understand football? Yeah, I don't. I mean, he's, he's even gone as far previously as bringing his son to the press conferences <laughs> as well, and uh, that that really tells you the the, the kind of attitude Sheikh Masab. I think coaches need to learn to to live with criticism because you know they they are in the public eye, and uh, you don't make any friends by uh, doing things like that and criticizing the media. They they only there, the, the media is there to do their job, just as the coach is there to do the, to do his job, and uh, you know you, you can't be immune to criticism, particularly and 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 some of the criticism over the over the time that Sheikh Masab 
has been in charge have been valid crit- uh, criticisms as well because previously he refused to look at videos of opposition uh, he, he's been changing the captaincy around and, and things like that and, and you know uh, it's, it's not done in international football these days you've got to study the opposition and you normally settle for one captain and those kind of things you've got to take on the chin as, as the coach particularly of a, a, in a country like South Africa where Bafana Bafana is expected to do well they carry the hopes of the nation Absolutely. Well, just looking up at the TV screens, the players making their way out onto the pitch. The dignitaries are about to greet them. Mo, I want to thank you for, for that update, and we'll have crossings uh, to the Moses Mabida throughout the evening here on SAFM, and we'll keep you updated on South Africa's news and information leader. We'll wrap things up next. This is a call for passengers booked for flight 1711-2015 from the city of Ekulini. Boarding gates are now open. Please make your way now. In creating a world-class gateway to global markets, on 17 and 18 November, the city of Ekuruleni will host a development and investment conference. Watch this space for the big announcement to come out of the Aerotropolis Ekuruleni, Gauteng Global City Region, a partnership that works. I think it is, it is the most beautiful country, and I think rather than all of us upping and leaving and running away, Let's rather fight. Let's stay here and let's protect our country. Let's make the change that we need to make. Jess Foote became a heroine to many South Africans when following her traumatic gang rape by four men in 2008, she showed courage and selflessness by establishing the Jess Foote Foundation. Find the story of Jess and many other South African icons of tomorrow on 21 Icons, Sundays at 7.27 p.m. Find it on SABC3. South Africa is a water-scarce country with highly variable rainfall. The early spring has not yielded the anticipated rainfall, resulting in worsening drought conditions in some part of our country. Households and businesses are encouraged to implement water-wise measures which include reuse of water. This message was brought to you by the Department of Water and Sanitation. SAFM Sports Wrap. And that's about it for the show this evening. That football about to kick off. We're just on a minute away uh, from kickoff. There we'll have crossings throughout the night. Just a, an update for you as well on the cricket. Pakistan banning first 208 all out at uh, the Sharjah Cricket Stadium. In reply, England 102 for the loss of four. That series deadlocked at one apiece. England need another 107 runs. Uh, from 27 overs with six wickets remaining. Also, interesting story on the wires coming through late this afternoon is that of Eddie Jones, who seems to be one of the favourites to take over the English coaching job. That after he's just signed a job with the Stormers. But let's not forget he was supposed to be coaching Japan in Super Rugby next season. We'll watch that story closely. He's denying it, but... Stranger things have happened in the world of rugby. And that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Janet Witten will be with you tomorrow morning on AM Live. Coming up next, on the other side of 7 o'clock, Bongi Gwala will be keeping you company for the talk shop and we'll have football for you as well. So that's all on the way on the other side of your news. Right now it is 7 o'clock. Have yourself a great evening.